Why settle for just living a good life when you can live a life optimized to achieve your human potential? Learn all the hacks that will transform your life from average to extraordinary. Welcome to Life Optimized with functional medicine expert, Dr. Neil Palvin. Thanks for tuning in for another great episode of Life Optimized Podcast. I'm Dr. Neil Palvin, helping you optimize your health, life, and business. And we have another great episode today with Sean Wells, the ingredientologist, who's, we could pretty much talk about anything about today, um, but we're going to target a couple of things here. Sean, thanks for hopping on. I appreciate it. I know your schedule is so packed. It is, but you know, when I heard about being on with you, I had to uh, definitely carve that out. You're one of my favorite people in the world. You is same here. So let me everybody know how what who Sean is. Sean Wells has formulated over 700 supplements, food, beverages, and cosmeceuticals, and patented 40 novel ingredients, and is now known as the ingredientologist, the scientist of ingredients. Formerly a chief client clinical dietitian with over a decade of clinical experience. He has counseled thousands of people on natural health solutions, such as keto, paleo, fasting, and supplements. He has also personally overcome various health issues, including Epstein-Barr virus, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, depression, insomnia, obesity, and a pituitary tumor. As a world-renowned thought leader on, on mitochondria health, he has been paid to speak on Five different continents' insights have been prominently featured in documentaries, nationally syndicated radio programs, and regularly on morning television. His expertise can help any health-conscious individual to better manage stress and experience, higher performance, and more energy through utilizing his practical holistic solutions. That is a mouthful right there. So... (laughs) But everybody, what I again, what that bio summarizes is you definitely have your foot in about ten, your finger in, de- in ten different pies there. So most people pick one lane, maybe two. What has inspired you to delve into all these different endeavors here and and be and speak expertly on all of them? I mean, uh, one, I think I'm a very intelligent person. Like it's uh, a Renaissance person, or some people might say a polymath or like I have a brain that loves to solve problems. I have a very ambidextrous brain of which I am ambidextrous. So I'm not going to be the best person at any one thing, but I have an ability to be creative and logical with my reasoning. And I can solve problems and synthesize things in a way that I think other people can. So like we all have our gifts, we all have our unique genius. I think mine is tapping into a lot of areas and finding creative ways to find new approaches, novel ingredients, uh, things like that. And I also can make, I think, difficult topics more simple. And so I love to teach I love to create and that's my lane. I'll never be like the, you know, genius researcher on, you know, whatever topic of, you know, RNA or, you know, something like that, but that's where I'm good. And so I love to problem solve. So I end up getting into a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. You explained you the the energy. You had a great book that came out about energy and mitochondria health, and you've done a lot of paleo. We're going to talk about your experience with psychedelics in a moment. So it's definitely run the gamut. So when your brain approaches a problem, is it are you approaching it from okay, how can I 
find a new formulation to make this better, like anything from chronic fatigue to depression? Or are you looking at the big picture from a macroscopic level? Can we have depression or we have fatigue and now I got to work downwards? Or is it just kind of like, hey, just kind of see where things go? No, I, I think it is what you're talking about where you reverse engineer something like it's like almost like like I look at something forensically. I think that's my approach with a lot of things is like, what does success look like? And not only success, I think about like, what does 10 X look like of whatever most people would think success looks like. And then how do we reverse engineer that? However impossible you're left with something that's potentially probable to me. And that's what I look at is just reverse engineering and forensically approaching it. So you know, just breaking it all down from what that best case scenario is like, you know, I think entrepreneurs that are highly successful are delusional. They see themselves where they're not. They already see themselves into the future at that 10x point. And that's what I often do with my businesses. That's what I do with these formulations or ingredients is I'm already seeing what success looks like and living there and then saying, okay, how do I deconstruct this to to make this a reality so I can take the steps to get there. Yeah. So when we're talking about business and you've now delved into the business of psychedelics, I know that comes from both a business perspective and then a personal experience. So where did that come from? Is it a kind of, again, another combo where, again, it helped with personal issues? Is it something you want to make simple for everybody or all of the above? It is all the above. Like I approach another thing that's helped with my success is (laughs) it's like almost like we could do a whole podcast on this is like not only that kind of delusional level of just seeing myself where I want to be and including my personal being, my business, my formulations, my ingredients, but also, you know, just being down the road and having this ability to synthesize, like I said, just synthesize all these ideas. And then that excites me to want to do so many things. And I approach everything with excellence. And I never think about the ROI, the money, like all of that stuff has come. And it's put me in a position where I'm often like doing too much and maybe overwhelmed. I could tell by your schedule. I could tell. Yeah. But I approach things with excellence and I want to make as much impact as possible. And so success just falls into place. Like the money and things fall into place and it's not the money that I'm chasing. And I have no delusions of entitlement. I like chase things down and I make as much impact as I possibly can. So when we talk about psychedelics, explain to people what they, the beginner 101 version of what psychedelics are, and then we'll get into the possibilities. I think the possibilities right now are endless in terms of what the poss- what psychedelics may be able to do for our society and, ch- and changing how things are done. But so what is a one-on-one, the Sean Wells version of breaking it down or what psychedelics can do? Yeah, I mean, it could go all the way back to this idea of the stoned ape theory where uh, these apes were exposed to these psychedelic mushrooms and it enhanced their brain function. And then we came down from the trees and we started living on the plains. And then, you know, Neanderthals and present day humans were the next steps there. So 
And there's many people that believe that that was the big leap forward. Some people think it's uh, when we started eating heavy amounts of protein. Some people believe it's the psychedelic mushrooms, but that could have been the big leap forward in brain power. And psychedelics are just that things that really open the brain up to new possibilities, new potential. And so you see the ability to work through trauma, the ability to be more creative, to see things how they haven't been seen, to make new neural connections and undo the old ones. And that's a state called neuroplasticity. So it can be very profound. It can change at a fundamental level, your physiology, your brain energetics, your inflammation, your immune system, all can be changed at a fundamental level when you are creating those new neural connections, when you're uh, releasing trauma in certain, and trauma, by the way, I think we just consider psychological, but you obviously know as a, as a medical doctor that, you know, when exposed to a situation like, you know, blunt force trauma, you know, that's trauma too, right? But psychological trauma to the brain can often look like physical trauma to the brain, physical insults to the brain. Certain areas of the brain become less active, become shut down, become dormant to protect us, to protect the ego. And so, you know, you can almost approach those the same way. When we resolve something psychologically, it can have a massive impact on us physiologically. Literally, like there's people that have eyesight changes, that have no more diabetes, that have no more inflammation or rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm not trying to make like incredible cures, like it's some infomercial here. I'm just saying that as that brain goes, so too does your body. There can be massive changes at a fundamental level because certain areas have been protected, shut off, you're stuck in loops. You know, this happens too when you have low levels of BDNF, you're uh, depressed, you have PTSD, you have uh, chronic anxiety, you have low neuroplasticity and you tend to stay in loops. You know, so that's, those are things that, that are real. And when we look at psychedelics, many of the ones that I've talked about, the research from the last several years, when you're looking at, you know, Northwestern, Stanford, you know, the best universities in the country are researching this, Johns Hopkins, and we see that 50 to 70% cure rates. I'm not like that number is mind boggling when that's whether you're using MDMA, psilocybin, ketamine, et cetera, in approximately three to six administrations on average of any of these, when you have proper intention setting, proper integration work done and proper facilitation during the experience, that we see 50 to 70% cure rates where they no longer have to be on depression or anxiety medication, where they have to no longer get therapy on a regular basis. And so that is profound. And when you look at SSRIs, you see equivocal data, and I'm not saying they can't work for some, but the data is very equivocal. And some of the meta-analyses that are now coming out are saying, you know, these are questionable and in some cases may be doing more harm than good. And we should really evaluate their broad use. So no, I think you, they're very much over-prescribed. I think that's inarguable. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, especially like you mentioned, with the data that's come out over the last six months in terms of their ineffectiveness, the question of are the data even valid at all? It's just, I mean, it's, and that's on one side. And then it, like, you, it sounds like an infomercial. It sounds like you're trying to just sell psychedelics, but the data is just so overwhelming for something that usually has less side effects and just is so, well, I hate the word clean, but it just works so well. It, minimal side effects again as long as you have the right program it's not something that most people can just try at home that's eventually that hopefully will more facilitate itself but i think that's going to be the one ray limiting step it's not like okay just take my zoloft and i'm good to go at home but what people understand like you said it's a quick process but you want to have initially that a program based around that i know you've worked on developing some things there as well so and what should people be adding to their program besides having somebody help them through their journey, besides making sure that they work with a doctor or a prescriber or whoever they're using, be it wherever, who's knowledgeable. I know you've now found some things that help patients augment their psychedelic experience. So where are we going? That combines both sides of your brain, literally and figuratively there. So where are things heading with that? Yeah. A few things here to throw out is you know, one, I am not a doctor. I know you are, but, you know, so take this as educational, you know, from me and certainly someone who's been down this road personally. So I'm giving my advice. I am a researcher. I am a biochemist. I am a registered dietitian, but I am not a doctor. So don't just get off things and, you know, suddenly try these things that may be illegal. I'm just saying the data is becoming very compelling on the psychedelic side and the data is having me question the overprescription of the SSRI. So I want to make that clear as a caveat. And another thing with the SSRIs, they work on basically one pathway, serotonin. Is there a component of depression, anxiety, PTSD, suicidal thoughts with serotonin potentially? Yes. But when we look at PTSD, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, we see all the neurotransmitters depressed. So we see, you know, GABA affected, we see dopamine affected, we see histamine and like down the line, like, you know, all of these things are affected endorphins and all these neurotransmitters, acetylcholine, they're all affected. So, you know, SSRIs is one approach to one neurotransmitter. And in time, your body is going to calibrate to this idea of reuptake inhibition. And so it may work for a short period of time, but it won't work long-term. And so this idea of doing a massive journey type experience where you have a fundamental and revolutionary pivotal shift in consciousness is going to be potentially pretty profound. And, and that's what I've seen on a, on a consistent basis is, there can be a dramatic shift in the way we think, in the way we process, in how we deal with ourselves, how we approach our truth, how we can change our behaviors. And, you know, while I say SSRIs might not be that effective, if I'm being really honest, therapy itself can be somewhat lacking as well. In that, I'm not saying it's not a good idea to have regular therapy on all forms, to have people around you that are helpful, to have deeper conversations, to work with a therapist. Those things are great without a doubt, but to have a massive shift is very difficult in just therapy because the ego 
is not only the great protector, but it's the great preventer. And you need to get in a space where you've suppressed the ego, you know, where you turn off the default mode network, and then you're in a highly neuroplastic state. And if you're not neuroplastic and the ego is not suppressed, it's going to be hard to make the change needed from just therapy. So that's where these studies are combining the two and having so much success where they're using psychedelics in a smart way and they're using therapy. And I think another thing I want to throw out there is psychedelics may be, there's almost too much fear around them. You know, people think that you're going to like become the devil and you'll turn into all these crazy things and you'll see evil things. And, you know, who am I going to be? And maybe I'll like permanently be crazy. And all these things I hear all the time, those by and large are not true. So many of us are having incredible success with them, but I do want to say there is risk. There is risk with these substances. They are powerful. And this is the whole idea of one, knowing the substance that you have is actually the right thing Two, being with someone who's highly skilled. And I would say not just clinical, but someone who's been through these experiences for a decade or more with other people and knows how to react, knows how to help, knows how to facilitate properly. And then how to do that integration work after all of this is super important. And you feeling like you're in a very safe environment with the person that's facilitating, giving you that feeling of safety as well. So all of those things need to be there. So that's really important to just throw out. As far as substances that I'm talking about, a big one along these lines of feeling of safety and recovery, I love the idea of adaptogens. I think those help you with your stress response. That's why they're called adaptogens. They help your body adapt and increase your allostatic capacity, your capacity for stress. So your body is more prepared to deal with what it might be going through in a journey state. I also think that substances that can reduce anxiety going into these journey spaces could be very helpful. And substances like the ones from Magnolia Bark, dihydrohonochiel beta is one of them. That's going to allow for you to be in more of a parasympathetic state. I think a lot of these substances People tend to think, you know, if you're a bigger guy, you're going to take five grams. And if you're a smaller girl, you take two and a half grams and what, you know, all these kinds of things that people seems like say a lot. But what I've found to be the case is that it's more a question of where your nervous system is at. And so if you're more in a sympathetic nervous system state, which means fight, flight, or freeze, that you tend to need higher doses. And it's just like, you know, if let's say, you know, the listeners may have experience with drinking, maybe not with these other substances, but if let's say if you were drunk and something terrible happened, someone fell and, you know, started bleeding and, you know, you would jump into action and all these things, the cortisol, the epinephrine, and, you know, all these things come into play and then you're, you're wired, you know, you're not drunk anymore. And the same is true with these substances that it takes more to overwhelm your mind state, your body, when you're in that type A uh, sympathetic nervous system state. And the opposite is true. If we can get you relaxed, 
if we can get you more in a parasympathetic state, more of an alpha brainwave state, more vagal tone into where your you know breath is slowed and your heart rate is slowed and your your body is in a better nervous system state, then it will take much lower doses. That is well, again, that's part of the whole experience. Now, a lot of the research, I mean, there's research spread out, a lot of the research on psilocybin. Is there one that you recommend somebody who is looking for some type of psychiatric issue should start with? Or is it kind of very individual depending on who you're working with and what your and your goals of your journey are? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the a lot of people are starting with ayahuasca and you know, they hear they have these massive experiences and and go to these places, these jungles and that is probably not where I would start as a substance like that. And I wouldn't do DMT or 5-MeO DMT bufo. Like those things can all be profound, but I think they're a lot better when you have some experience. I think the two best, three best substances potentially are going, and they're where a lot of the clinical studies are going to be things like MDMA, ketamine, or psilocybin. And I think those are like the better substances. And you know, if it's a question of legality and access, then ketamine is going to be the best one because you can find a ketamine office. You can get a good MD administrator that's overseeing it, who can look at your labs. You can be in a, in a nice, uh, safe clinical environment. You'll have nurses on hand, you know, things like that. You know, and especially if that's what makes you comfortable, then that's probably the best place to be. And, you know, you can get up to 10 sessions and it's all the nice thing about ketamine is it's in and out in, in about an hour. So like, this is like literally like a lunch break journey. So you can do that. I think ketamine is better. I would say with PTSD because of like its ability to be a dissociative and dissociation can be powerful at overcoming that PTSD with trauma, like because your ego, your identity can be so intertwined with the trauma that you believe this is who you are. This backpack of trauma, so to speak, fits you so well. Who would I be without this backpack on? It feels so warm. It feels so comfortable. I don't know who I am if I were to take it off. And when you're in these states with, with ketamine, you can dissociate where you know, it's like that backpacks on the other side of the room. And like, you can like say, Oh, like, I still feel good without this. I don't need this. You know, so that's where that can be very powerful. I would say psilocybin has the ability to really put you in a neuroplastic state where you can rewrite your operating system at a fundamental level. At, at the base level, you can just access you know, if you think about like Apple or Android, you know, the operating system, you can do like a full refresh where, you know, the counterproductive behaviors that aren't serving you can be rewritten and you can rewrite those behaviors that would be conducive to your happiness. And I think lastly, MDMA is going to be what's called a heart opener where you get into your truth. It's not going to be as psychedelic as psilocybin, you know, it's going to be more of like this a blissful state where you're in your truth, where you're in a lot of gratitude. And, you know, you can see things in the most loving way. And that will be with people that you already love, you will love more and see them in that way. And the people that have hurt you, you tend to forgive. 
And these can be very powerful feelings that you may have suppressed, that you may create stories around and, and again, loops and may not be giving to yourself. Gratitude and forgiveness is for you, ultimately, so you can let things go. And once you let things go, the effect on your physiology and your neurology is profound. There's a, a typical Sean Wells breaking things down so everybody can understand it. And you, I mean, you brought it up a little bit is that the future, besides just the, the psychiatric benefits of it, and we're seeing in some of the studies on psilocybin and even ketamine, is it the fact that they're anti-inflammatory, that they can boost the immune system? I know there's some startups that are now working on both those fields, not just the psychiatric component of it, yeah. which kind of goes into, again, the other Sean Wells buckets we're talking about. Health, general brain health or auto, or just healing autoimmune dysfunction, things like that. So these could potentially be hopefully one side, not one size fits all, but they're going to have so many parts of their toolkit there that there's some that's going to be a part of a lot of people's regimen, which is great because if we find something that has minimal side effects and can affect so many different parts of the system at one time, again, as long as they're appropriately dosed. So do you see that's one of the things now that we're, we've got, a sound, I mean, again, with the studies coming out of Hopkins and, map, and all the maps and all the other different locations, are we now, I think now we're starting to see kind of these other arms splinter off where we're like, okay, we know this works for psychedelics. Let's see what else it can do. And let's really find and focus those types of things as well. Absolutely. Yeah. To your point, it's evolved quite a bit from something that I think in the 60s and 70s, we might have said is recreational to something that we're seeing now as being, again, affecting everything is tied to your brain. These behaviors that you not living in your truth has a cost. You know you know, some people call it like God or the universe or like where you're getting this wisdom from sometimes in these psychedelic experiences. But ultimately, I think it's, I mean, those things can be a part of your physiology, your neurology, your soul, whatever you want to call it for sure. But ultimately that intelligence, it's within you and you know your truth. And the fact is we're creating stories around not letting the truth play out in our lives. And we're suppressing the truth quite often. And so to let that truth unfurl and play out and to be aligned with your actual truth, the amount of energy that we're spending on not being in our truth or being in toxic situations that aren't serving us is there's a toll, there's a cost there that's real, that costs us ATP at the the most core level, but it costs us inflammation and glycation and oxidation and shortening telomeres and, you know, all of this stuff, DNA errors and all of that is taking place and it's real. And so when we can get into our truth, like you'll hear how people come through the other side of these experiences and they look 10 years younger and they feel 20 pounds lighter because they're now optimized and they're not using all this energy to deal with trauma and loops and toxicity and inflammation and all of these things. It's like, oh yeah, I'm clear. That's what I need to do. I'm going to do it. And when you get clear on your truth, it's not necessarily easy. And it can be even worse if you get through your journey and you're not carrying out your truth that you just found out. You can feel like a bigger fraud or a bigger liar. 
This is where the integration component is so critical that someone is helping us, keeping us honest to take those next steps so that we put into practice and let play out our truth. And that's where it can be profound to your life instead of just a cool experience that you had one weekend, you know, in, in Austin or something, you know, you want it to be something that really changes your life permanently. Yeah. I never really thought of that neg- potential negative feedback loop that you can get if you don't do things the right way with it. And you pointed out in what you were saying in terms of the his- what, how psychedelics work is where are things going in the next three to five years? You're, I know you're always kind of delving into things that we talked about in the beginning. You mentioned ATP. Is it, is it I know there's a huge development now in terms of mitochondria dysfunction. I know it was the topic of one of your book that you put out last year, last 2021, correct? Is it going to be mitochondria dysfunction? Is it going to be senescence? Is it going to be, is psych, are psychedelics going to be the number one thing? Where do you see things going? Is it just going to be, okay, we, we got to take step bucket one, bucket two, and bucket three, and it's going to be all put together by somebody who can orchestrate it really well. But I know you like looking to the future. Where are things going in terms of what's the next thing and uh, where are things heading? Yeah, I think you're right. It's I love all those buckets, by the way, but it's that refresh that can happen. And by the way, the synthesis of those things, which again, I love someone like Dr. Matt Cook has his like ketamine reset, right? Where he's doing, yes, this ketamine experience, but at the same time, He's administering things for the mitochondria, the CoQ10, the NAD via uh, IV, and then he's doing often biologics. So things like PRP, exosomes, you know, whatever, uh, even these B cells uh, could be done during these experiences. And that's a profound time. Like when you're in this neuroplastic state, I also believe that you're in a physioplastic state you know, where you can take up, where you can utilize these things on a much better level. And that changes everything versus again, when you're in this, you know, type A resistant, like default mode on full ego on full kind of state, uh, sympathetic nervous system on full, when you're in this physioplastic and neuroplastic state, that's when everything can be reset and changed. And so that's the, that's the perfect time to reset the hardware and the software. I've had patients who've done um, Matt's procedure and I've never seen such a a quick and profound turnaround, both like you said, in terms of their anxiety and their mood, but also their overall well-being. Like you take their data, their blood pressure, their heart rate, if you're an HRV person, it's just like, you're not the same person anymore and not to sound too dramatic again, sounding like an infomercial, which is the theme of this so far. It's just incredible. I'm uh, Sean is talking about what Dr. Matt Cook is doing. who's based on the West coast is he's not only doing the psychedelics, he's also doing specific supplements to and injections to help fix the mitochondria as well as doing injections around the vagus nerve with everything from exosomes to derivatives of stem cells and stem cells themselves. And this was thought to be the future. And it's now, I mean, again, I think it's becoming, he's teaching a couple of people to do it. And this could be something that can really help people again, their whole being, as opposed to just how traditional medicine is, okay, we're going to fix your psychiatric issue, but we're not going to fix anything else. And then why did it work? Which I think 
is my problem with traditional medicine, which is kind of why I went to this to begin with is. So again, I think doctor, if you have, we're going to put that in the notes, reach out to check out what Dr. Matt Cook is doing. And obviously all the Sean's information as well. So you can find out about everything that he's doing as well. As we kind of wind down a little bit here. So what is it? Is there a next step for Sean Wells right now? I know you're working on, I mean, I've seen AD stuff, or I can never pronounce it, ergonothione, all these different things. I know D, I want you to at least talk about DHB dihydroberberine because I know that's one of your babies. And again, that's something I'm seeing more and more patients know some really quick results with. So at least speak, speak about uh, dihydroberberine and then we can kind of go back to the original question. Yeah, dihydroberberine, metabolite of berberine. Berberine outperformed metformin head-to-head in a study. Metformin is not only a diabetic drug, but well-known as an anti-aging drug. It's really the most profound and well-known anti-aging drug out there. And there's a study going on with the government right now with 10,000 people that are non-diabetic to look at the anti-aging effects of metformin. And we know that berberine, like I said, outperformed it head to head and berberine is a supplement you can buy, but berberine, you have to take 500 milligrams three times a day. So it has poor bioavailability. You can get some GI distress. And so I started looking at the downstream metabolite that in your gut, berberine turns into dihydroberberine. And so this ingredient allows you to one, eliminate the bioindividuality of the gut microbiome that seems to be at play. Two, that means the efficacy will be the same for most people with this. And three, you can lower your doses from 500 milligrams three times a day to 150 milligrams twice a day. So dramatically lower. So not only has 5X the bioavailability, but lasts about twice as long in the plasma. So only twice a day you're taking it. And we're just seeing incredible results. So, and when we're talking about blood glucose and lowering blood glucose and therefore insulin, that is the most profound way we know to enhance anti-aging, to reduce the effects of glycation, inflammation, and oxidation, to enhance mitochondrial function, to reduce metabolic dysfunction. So that's what we're seeing. It literally is the most profound ingredient I know of to use for anti-aging. In today's marketplace, that is a... uh a pretty profound and uh, bold statement. It's def- I mean, I, I, I use it in a lot of my patients. Uh, it's And it, I've definitely seen the, the effects of it. And I think it's definitely got to be part of most people's stacks at this point, especially like you mentioned, because of the, what we know about the AMPK pathway, just the effect on mitochondrial okay. biogenesis and energy and, and all that stuff. So where is Sean Wells headed? What do we have on the uh, burner there for you? And then let people know where they can find you, all this information, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. So the book is The Energy Formula, energyformula.com. That's been a bestseller listed on USA Today and Forbes. I'm coming out with a chorus, a whole video chorus on it around the new year. We'll see exactly when it launches, but that's going to be exciting and stay tuned for that. I'm available on most of the social medias as at Sean Wells, S-H-A-W-N. In particular, Instagram, I have a lot of great content there, like infographics and explainer videos and, you know, talking about supplements and biohacking and all those kinds of things. And then 
lastly, you can go to seanwells.com, S-H-A-W-N, and I have my newsletter there that weekly I send out a lot of great information that's completely free on the latest research, my thoughts on that, you know, some of my content across the social media is my best of. And so that's where you can find everything. And the biggest thing right now that I'm working on is Infinity, the caffeine metabolite called paraxanthine. And it's becoming a very big ingredient. We've filed 23 patents. We've put about seven and a half million dollars into this over the past seven years. And we have 14 studies that we've completed and it's just hitting the market. And it's basically a far, far safer, cleaner ingredient than caffeine outperforms it in every way in terms of cognition and exercise performance, increases nitric oxide, improves BDNF neuroplasticity, reduces amyloid plaque, increases glutathione and catalase, increases nitric oxide to the brain via PDE9 inhibition. And then we're getting studies with fat loss, with energy expenditure, and we're getting gaming studies with e-gaming, helping endurance and focus uh, there. So it's pretty impressive. And what's really cool is about 60% of us have, you know, this issue being a slow metabolizer of caffeine and, you know, this solves that. And even the fast metabolizers, the people that can have caffeine and go straight to sleep, you know, they have what's called an adaptation effect where there's more and more and more caffeine needed. This solves that too. So for almost everyone, they have a much cleaner, clearer experience and efficacious experience on the paraxanthine. And in particular for slow metabolizers, they're bypassing all the side effects, which is typically where they're living. And you're bypassing this wildly crazy range of bioindividuality of like one and a half to 10 and a half hour half-life of caffeine or pretty standard three hour half-life. That's that again, is, is very clean and, and very predictable. That's what I was going to ask about fast versus slow metabolizers and it's available now. Yes, it is. And uh, it's in, if you go to drinkupdate.com, there's a nootropic energy drink there from the, the Hess brothers of Hess oil and gas. They, the billionaires, they're getting uh, P. Diddy involved, Dr. Mark Hyman, Kygo, all these guys involved. Uh, it's a really incredible drink. So that's drink update. And then if you go to Muscle Tech, they have about 20 some SKUs that have all these uh, amazing effects. So there's fat loss products, pre-workout called Euphoric with an IQ at the end. The fat loss product is called Burn IQ. Uh, and there's tons more coming. Uh, there's a lot of other companies we're talking to, but those are the big launch ones that we have right now. We have the energy drink and the company Muscle Tech and Hydroxy Cut with their products. And that meeting, I want to be part of P. Diddy and Mark Hyman, two people who never thought would be at the same table. Wellness is, just brings everybody together there. And I'm sure it'll and probably because it's a short half, like won't affect sleep. And we, again, we, we know how the importance of caffeine and sleep that. We keep preaching out. So, Sean, thanks for jumping on with us. Everybody check out his site. All the things that Sean said will be said in the transcript. We'll link to his website and all these different products they mentioned throughout the podcast. So you could check them out because both the DHB, the hydroberberine, and the new caffeine derivative are groundbreaking. And they're going to change how we do wellness. And you're going to find out all this stuff on the psychedelics as well. So wishing you a happy holidays. As we're recording this right before the holidays. And uh, I'm sure I'll see you soon. We have... Uh, 
and uh, we'll actually get to talk in person again. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Neil. No problem. Bye, Sean. Bye. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a biohacker, or an athlete, if you're ready to take the next steps to optimize your life, visit drpaulvin.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-P-A-U-L-V-I-N.com.